everyone, Gabriel here, and welcome back to the Cash Conversations, where we talk all things cash. Today, we'll dive into one of the most fundamental aspects of financial success, budgeting. We're going to explore how you can maintain an enjoyable lifestyle whilst staying in budget. We'll debate whether the golden ratio for budgeting is actually achievable for everyone, and if it isn't, what you can do instead. To help answer your questions, we have Devamsha Gunput. Hello who is a chartered accountant turned financial influencer, and Lee Melling. Hello. Financial wellbeing expert at CABA, the occupational charity for ICAEW chartered accountants. Plus, if you're looking for advice on savings accounts or ways to manage debt, check out our previous episodes. So let's jump in. When it comes to budgeting, it's quite obvious these days that it affects every single person taking a look at the news, taking a look at the way that things are changing. Um, and in particular, when it comes to budgets, they have to be quite adaptable to the current circumstances that are going on around us. Devamsha, are you happy to kind of talk about what's going on in the news that are affecting people's budgets? Yeah, of course. I think there's two things I've noticed recently that's going on. Um, the first is the economy is slowing down. Um, interest rates are rising and it's getting a bit more expensive to borrow. And I, I think this how this affects young people's budgets is that you're gonna have to think about where you're gonna be putting your money. If you have any extra to save, what are you gonna be doing with it? Where are you gonna be putting it? Because bank accounts will be changing their interest rates. Um, if you have consumer debt, it might be good to pay that off or like prioritize paying that off um, or even building an emergency fund in one of these um, bank accounts depending on what the interest rates are and keeping an eye on what's happening with that um, and how it can even affect things like mortgage payments I think is really important because that's going to affect all the little numbers that you're plugging into your budget over time. The second thing I've seen is that the age for actually being auto-enrolled into your pension it might be going down in 2025 for young people so you might be auto-enrolled into your pension from the age of 18 instead of 22 so currently if you're 22 and earn at least £10,000, you're automatically enrolled into a workplace pension. An extra four years of pension contributions is going to help you end up with a, lot, a, a much bigger amount in your pension pot when you retire. And so I think that's a really, um, a really interesting development in the news for young people because, yeah, your, your pension and your, your pre-tax savings are really important to keep an eye on as well. I think what you just said is a, is a really important point as to why, okay, you don't have to be obsessed with the news on let's say a daily or even a weekly basis, but just to be on top of things that are gonna affect you. Because even like you just mentioned, pensions, uh, the pension age starting four years earlier is now going to affect people's budgets between the age of 18 and 22, right? They're now, when they're looking at their monthly income, that is now different to people beforehand that it was only starting at 22. So just being on top of the economy from even like a light touch mm -hmm. is, is just vital, I would say, especially nowadays, the way that things are changing. And looking forward, I suppose, to future projections, we've currently got all the past interest rates, inflation, all that kind of stuff. But taking a look at, for example, the rest of the year, are there things that people can just keep, you know, one eye on when it comes to thinking about their, their spending and their budgeting? Um, I think it would, for the rest of the year, definitely the interest rates, just because um, they are, they've changed so much in the last year. Um, and that's meant making different decisions as to what what kind of saving accounts you might open, what kind of deals you're arranging for a mortgage. You know, I think these really affect your 
the interest rates really affect your day-to-day -day spending. So I think keeping an eye on that for the rest of the year would be a really good, good thing for young people to do. No, great tip. And I think it's probably important to say to anyone listening to this, that if there's lots of, you know, terms of saying interest rates, savings, things that are going to go on throughout the rest of this show, we're going to talk about budgeting a lot. So this is going to become a lot more clear to those who are like maybe entry levels and to those with a bit more experience. I'm sure you already know what we're talking about. So those are some great things to look forward to for, for the rest of the year and beyond. Money is clearly vital to everyone's life. I don't think we need to debate that topic here today. When it comes to things like housing, transport, food, bills on a monthly basis, money interacts with every single aspect of that. And when it comes to controlling our money and making sure that we've got the right amounts to go to the right places, budget and budgeting is a vital word. So Lee, I'm gonna to come to you straight on this question, which is why are budgets and why is budgeting so important? Well, I think budgeting is it's absolutely essential. It's that pulse rate test for your financial health. It's the bedrock in terms of building your financial goals or your dreams, whether that's a new car, uh, a new house, getting onto the property ladder. It is essential. And indeed in that, if you're gonna apply for a mortgage, obviously there will be affordability checks. So it has to be in the best condition you can possibly get it at. So that's why it's essential that you exercise that budgeting muscle, see where you are to take control, see what's coming up ahead. Um, and yeah, to make sure that obviously you're in charge at all times. And it's a vital part as well to see if there's any potential problems further down the line. So it's that acid test, that early warning signal. If you've got any problems, you can get help. And I want to make it clear, obviously, at Cabo, if you can't balance that budget, we're here to help you. Non-judgmentally, we'll support you in a range of ways. So it might be as much as negotiating creditors, providing breathing space, or anything you should need. We've got you know, a full range of services. So it is vitally important. And to say, if you do need the help, if you can't balance it, then we are here to help you. I think what you said is so important because budgeting isn't easy for everyone. I mean, so many people are just, you know, checking through all of their daily or monthly expenditures. They come to the end of that and there's nothing left. So they think to themselves, what's the point of budgeting? All this money's just going out the door anyway. Um, so to kind of flip that, and to talk to those people that may have not bothered setting up a budget in the first place. Devamsha, do you have any real practical tips as a bit of a how to start budgeting in the first place? Mm -hmm. And I think for people who haven't actually made that first step in terms of setting up a budget, I think there's, there's two buckets of people. There's people who think um, it's too overwhelming to actually start. Like how, how do you actually build a budget? And then secondly, there's people who just have no idea how much money they're spending or how much money they're even making um, the, the actual numbers. They're just not aware of it. So I think the, the first thing is to strip back all the anxiety and the overwhelm, the expectations to do with this process because you need to be starting from like a, a place of, I'm just gonna learn about my money. And I think the first step, gather everything you know about your income. So anything that's consistent, anything you're, <laughs> even that's inconsistent, um, any side hustling that you've got, freelancer money, what is your starting point in terms of the money you've got coming in? Secondly, we want to have a look at what you're spending. And that doesn't mean tracking every single penny because that's also equally just so overwhelming and that's gonna stop you from continuing this budgeting process and even sticking with it in the long term. So I think as your second point, 
and this is something that I did, I took two months of my like previous spending and I just categorized it. Um, so I wasn't, I wasn't counting every single penny that I was spending and kind of freaking out about it. Um, I just looked at what, what damage had already been done and categorized it into four really important buckets or maybe three buckets if you kind of want to think about it. Fixed expenses, um, kind of guilt-free spending or fun money and savings if there are any, there don't have to be, especially when you're first getting into this. And then you have to take those categories and think about how they relate or correlate into financial goals of yours. And this step I think is a big step because thinking about your financial goals is a process in itself. What do you actually wanna do? What do you wanna actually wanna get out of a, a kind of budget and, and why are you actually budgeting in the first place? So allocating those categories into financial goals, I think is the penultimate step there. And then finally, we want to fine tune those categories of spending to align with what those goals are that you've decided for yourself. Um, so a very whistle stop tour, I guess, into how to practically get into budgeting. But I think having a look at those, those four things, it's exactly what I did. I just did it for two months worth of my spending, got, uh, got an understanding for what my money habits were and then kind of decided, okay, well, what are my goals as a result of this? I relate so much to the don't track every penny of your spending because I've tried that. It doesn't work. It's stressful beyond belief, having to constantly monitor what's going on. So I really like what you said about just kind of putting them into three broad buckets. It's fine if you miss a tiny thing here or there, but the key thing is to find those consistent expenses and i'm not saying consistent as in like these are the bills every single month consistent as in like i seem to be putting 100 200 pounds towards clothing every single month and that's like you said not a required spend it's more of like a a, a want than a need um and that was a great segue by myself personally to, to dive into the next part which is talking about needs and wants because within budgeting there's a very famous template it's called the 50-30-20 rule. Now, don't worry if you're listening to this and you haven't heard of the 50-30-20 rule because it's something that you would only hear about once you dive into your personal finances a little bit. And before I explain too much about what the 50-30-20 rule is, um, I'm gonna go to Lee to take us into that topic. Thanks in advance, Lee. Certainly, okay. So yeah, so it's uh, a purchasing approach or tool, uh, a ratio on a percentage sort of level to split your after-tax income. So to do with the 50 or the 50% in this case, so that is earmarked for essential expenditure. So the key things such as your rent payment, your council tax, your energy, everything like that. And then you've got the 30% which is reserved for your discretionary expenditure. So to pick up on the language you use, it's often referred to as the wants as opposed to the needs, which is the first category. And then you've got the last, which is split in two parts. So it's both for your debt payments and that's your overpayments. So it wouldn't just be your credit card minimum um, payment, of course, because if you miss that, it would lead to a default, and that is essential. So any overpayments would categorize that, and also for your savings. So it's, it's a tool, and um, it's definitely not a one-size-fits-all, and I'm gonna be very cautious here, because especially for younger people, where they're starting off in the world and they've got a lower income, and their expenditure can be higher. You think of things like car insurance, rental costs are usually higher than people who've got mortgages. So it's exacerbated by that. It could be a case of that that 50% is 60 or 70%. So it's essential to make that clear. If you can save anything at all, that's great, but don't worry if it's like 5% or even less than that. It's about the key principles that underpin it. 
I want to pick up on something you just mentioned about how the 50, 30 and 20 don't have to be exact 50, 30 and 20. Because, I mean, we've covered two great parts already, kind of like the how to set up your budget and then now looking forward and trying to adapt it to this this rule. But if you're someone sitting there, maybe you've never saved, you never put anything, it's only ever been towards your needs and your wants, for example. And they're hearing that all of a sudden 20% needs to go towards, you know, the the more responsible, the the either debt repayments or future projected savings and investments. And they're now scared off by that number. What would you say to those kind of people instead of being scared of 50, 30, 20, how can they adapt it to make it right for them? So I think the key thing is obviously just to work out, um, as we were talking about, audit your outcome, your outgoings as much as possible. See where you lie and then just, you know, adjust it accordingly. So if it is 60 percent, um, 20 percent, 10 percent, whatever works for you. I think the key thing is to say this model or any other model is to look at the reasons behind it, the principles. So the key thing is obviously to make sure your essential expenditure is covered first, to analyze closely the discretionary elements, that one section, can you cut back on things? Do you need Disney Plus and Amazon Prime and Netflix? I don't know about you, but it makes it even more difficult to make a decision. So, you know, trim the fat there. And obviously as well, make sure that you're overpaying the debt. By and large, of course, with a few exceptions, you always pay more interest on debt than you will get back on savings. So it's even more important to do that. And then you've got the priority debts, which aligns with essential expenditure. So rent arrears, mortgage arrears, they should come first. So I would advise that of that 10% or whatever you've got, the majority should be for the debt repayments first and you'll make more money. So it's just about recalibrating the formula to what works for you based on your circumstances. It's definitely not going to fit all. It might be a golden ratio for some people, but for others it might not be. It might be a, a bronze or silver ratio. It just depends what fits for you. So the summary for that, for me personally, is that budgeting from both the perspective of getting started and then looking forward to project it into a nice ratio isn't a one size fits all. It's very much take this at your own step and personalize it towards yourself. So whilst the three of us are sitting here talking about budgets from a very general perspective, I think it's quite important to, to say to the listener, don't stress if you're not fitting into the exact buckets we're saying. This is going to be a very personal journey. And throughout the rest of this episode, we're going to dive into more detail to give you more help and advice and tips to get you started on this journey. So again, if you're sitting here listening and thinking to yourself, I've heard these four steps from Devampshire, and then I've heard about the 50, 30, 20 rule from Lee, and these are stressing me out even more. Don't worry, because there's going to be more practical guidance throughout the show. But this is a great stepping stone, a great place to get started. So we've had a listener right into the show with their personal budgeting problems. So I'm gonna run through that with you guys now and hopefully we've got some great ideas that they can start practicing. Morning, my name is Mark. I'm a 27 year old working professional living in the Southeast. Despite working for several years now and budgeting all this time, I keep struggling with budgeting effectively. I feel like at 27, I should have it, I should have it sorted by now. My monthly expenses are fairly typical, rent, bills, food, public transport and other spending. I've tried various budgeting apps, but before I know it, I find I'm overspending on certain things, especially groceries, and not saving enough towards my goals. I'm determined to get better with my finances, save more for holidays and a house, and stop feeling so bogged down by not achieving my budget. It really annoys me each month. It also makes me irritated by my partner, we live together, who doesn't seem to have the same issues. Could you help with some practical tips on budgeting and sticking to it, or any other advice about dealing with those feelings? 
I appreciate the work you're all doing to help us understand these issues in difficult times. Thanks, Mark. Devamsha, I want to ask you first, just a few tips that you could share with Mark to help him on his budgeting journey. Yeah, of course. So it sounds like it sounds like our listener has, so he's tried a couple of budgeting apps already. I'm thinking that system is probably not working if it's causing frustration and it's not able to stick to it. So I'm thinking maybe have have a try of a new system or by new system, I mean, let's just strip it back. And my, t- my step two, we're looking at our spending over the last two to three months and we're gonna try and categorize it and see where all that overspending is actually happening. I think number three, practical, a practical approach to this is to think you're overspending, you know you're overspending and you know that, that the overspending is not helping you reach your goals. So you know that there's a mismatch there. So maybe get clear on what your financial goal actually is because that might help you tone down or fine tune those categories of spending that you're probably kind of overspending in for example you said um saving for a holiday i think and there was one other goal and a home and a home so those are two um two really cool goals to have and two very achievable goals so have a look at you know sticking some numbers behind those goals um, and seeing how you can refine your budget to meet that goal and that doesn't mean you have to start from zero or kind of restrict yourself with your spending it just means that okay for example you look at the last month and you've maybe spent double the amount you'd like to spend on food shops that might be because you're not planning your meals Um, it might be because you're not taking like an actual list into the supermarket with you that could come down and that extra money that's being overspent could then go towards a holiday or a, a pot for your first home so that kind of process itself is going to take a couple of months. So give it some time, but maybe just get clear on, you know, what do those financial goals look like and what is that overspending? Like wh- where is that overspending and, and where is it happening and what is it doing to you? I think those are two really good starting points on a practical practical level too. I've got a question to ask off of the back of that. You said strip it back. Maybe the apps aren't working for you. Mm. Where, what kind of systems could, could Mark use to strip it back, where can he start collating that information if it's not on an app? If it's not on an app, so I personally, I love Excel. (laughs) Maybe not Excel, but a spreadsheet. But I use the apps, I do use them to help. So I'll use the apps to kind of total the transactions so I don't have to do all the the adding up of the single line items that I'm spending. Um, So I would maybe go into an Excel just for the two months. This doesn't have to be a long-term strategy in terms of Um, how you're going to budget in the future but um, you could strip it back to an excel sheet Um, you could try a new app there might be something with your the apps that you're currently using maybe they don't link into all the accounts you have you know there are so many out there that give you really nice diagrams really nice um, graphs and charts that you can just look at to understand your spending a bit better so um, whatever it currently is happening we know is not working so definitely just try something new I think I like what you said about potentially doing like a mix and match. Mm. I actually do the same and we'll dive into this a little bit later on about the idea of if apps aren't working for you completely, it might be worth utilizing the functions on the apps that are working for you and mixing and matching them with something like a spreadsheet. 
And one thing I want to tell Mark about the spreadsheet, because it's like the dreaded spreadsheet, right? People are like, they'll either love it and they'll dive into it, like you, <laughs> or they want to avoid it at all costs. Your spreadsheet doesn't have to look like a piece of art. I think that's one thing that make people want to stay away from it. It can literally be column A, column B, fill in the de like the details, fill in the numbers, and just make sure that you have the information accessible. Uh, so hopefully that makes spreadsheets less scary to anyone listening to this. Um, Lee, there was another aspect to what Mark was speaking about, and it was about the way he was feeling, the stress, the kind of annoyance at his inability to budget. Can you speak to those feelings? Because I'm sure that a lot of people resonate, but at the same time feel quite alone that they're the only ones struggling with this one problem. Yes, no, I think it's a very difficult thing. And first of all, you know, well done on reaching out, Mark. We know it's not easy, but it is the key first step. Speaking to someone you trust or someone professional who can help and support you is vital. Also, I'd advise just to take things piecemeal, step by step. You won't be able to do it all in one day. And obviously your budgeting position is always in a constant state of flux. So just do what you could. You could do one day, compare deals on your phone or your car insurance, and just do it bit by bit. And if you need that professional help, if you need that support, as I say again, at Cabby, we can help you all the way through the way with a range of different support options. And indeed, we've got on our website some great tools and money helper on there. So it will give you some guidance about what you can do emotionally. But, but do speak to someone and I say, do, do get the advice that you need or the support where you need it, of course. I like that you kind of said about, well done for reaching out firstly, because that is one of the hardest steps to realize that you're stuck in your own head, you're doing things wrong, and you sometimes don't realize that these are problems faced by pretty much everyone. There is no one who is perfect at this. And so being able to think to yourself, well, let me just get a second angle on it. Even if it's a friend, a family member, see what the systems they're using. Or like you said, a professional who has experience and will probably be able to answer the majority of your, your questions. That is an incredible first step to take. Um, so again, brilliant that Mark reached out. And if anyone listening, watching to this wants to share their current circumstances so that we can help and talk about it a little bit on this show as well. Uh, we would love and appreciate to do what we can here. Went out to probably my favorite part of this entire chat, and it's about practical top tips, actual advice that the people out there listening to this can start straight away. And I'm gonna pick on you, Lee, first, because I feel like I've been picking on Devampshire first the entire show. Uh, Lee, some top tips, some things that our listeners can get straight into. Okay, so tip one, always live within your means and ideally where you can, well below your means. Uh, tip two, make sure you always have provision, however small that we talked about before, for savings. It's crucial, obviously, to build towards your financial goals. And as part of that link to it, make sure you're dealing with your debts, the overpayments as quickly as you can. And particularly, your priority debts are the key thing, but things like overdrafts as well, I think it's vitally important to deal with them because it will blur your budgeting position. It will deplete your income reserves as well through charges and interest. You might have a student overdraft, which obviously tapers off the free in interest rate. So make sure you're well in time with that and deal with that type of debt before others. Tip three, um, make sure that you're regularly exercising that budgeting muscle. It's, it's on your snapshot in time. It will evolve. It will change daily like everything else. So make sure you're doing it periodically, at least I'd say three to six months. 
Um, and yeah, review it certainly when you've got a big change of circumstances, a new job, the new financial year, that's absolutely crucial. Brilliant, I love it. Three succinct things that I wanna start taking into my own life as well when it comes to my own budgeting. Devamsha, over to you. Uh, anything else, other tips that you can share to our listeners? Of course, so I've got two big tips. Um, fun money and realistic goals. With fun money, I absolutely want everyone listening to this to not deprive themselves of anything because of a budget or be stuck within the realms of a budget. But that also doesn't mean blow the budget. So <laughs> there's, there's a fine line. But I think it's really important to have a fun money pot in your budget and to be spending on things that truly do add value to your life despite not maybe falling into like a needs, wants, investments or savings bucket, what kind of whatever kind of framework that you've decided to adopt. Um, and that's because you have a life to actually live. And also those things that do add value to your life, I think it is an exercise to try and find out what those are. Um, I think a fun money bucket is not an excuse to just um, keep up with the Joneses or you know, let lifestyle inflation get the better of you. I think you do have to dig deep into what it is in your life that you want to spend money on that actually truly makes you happy. Um, and then secondly, realistic goals. Um, and this um, kind of ties back in into our earlier question to how can we practically stick to a budget and not be overwhelmed by the amounts and stuff that we're trying to put into savings, investments, etc. Um, and setting a realistic financial goal is also absolutely not to tear anyone's big, like hairy, audacious financial goals down um, because everyone is fully capable of dreaming big and hitting those those goals as well. But I think being realistic with them makes the journey to actually hitting that final big goal a lot more enjoyable. You're a lot more motivated. For example, if you want 100k net worth that first baby goal might be paying off all your debt it doesn't stop you from hitting that 100k net worth goal or it doesn't negate anything about that bigger goal but it brings you one step closer having a baby realistic goal it allows you to celebrate your wins it allows you to actually make progress rather than beat yourself about up about not being able to make as much progress um so i think being realistic is is a huge is a huge um tip i have for for our listeners I love that. What you stole one of my tips, which was about fun money. Um, I think that people that often get into their finances start to maybe obsess over them to the fact where it's all about saving as much as you can, as quickly as you can at the detriment of your current life and your enjoyment. Um, particularly if you're young, let's say you're in your 20s and you've been kind of focused on this saving side, you forget about the living side um, and the enjoyment. Now, of course, people have different goals. Some people's goal in life might be, I wanna retire in my 40s. And in order to do that, they just, it's all about save, save, save. And that's fine, that could be someone's goal. But I think for the average person, it's really important to, like you said, enjoy along the way. Um, one practical tip for this is, when you do get a raise at work, for example, or a bonus or a cash injection somewhere, to mix your two points together. Don't allow it to cause lifestyle inflation, which is the idea that all of a sudden, you know, you can afford a bigger house or you can get all of a sudden a car upgrade. Instead of that, maybe 
take a small sum of that money and use it to enjoy, to celebrate. Get yourself something that maybe you've wanted for a long time that's within your budget. Go out and have a nice meal, but then start to think, can I start to put the majority of that money towards you know, a more secure and better financial future? And that's a nice way of balancing fun money and avoiding lifestyle inflation at the same time. I think that a second tip that I personally wanna share that's helped a lot with me is looking at the big spending categories of your life when it comes to saving. Now, I know this isn't easy because the three biggest for most people um, when it comes to kind of outgoings that I've seen personally is housing, transport, and food. Um, There are others and it's not a one size fits all. But when it comes to those categories, can you cut back in any of any of them? Now, a lot of people look at that and they go, how can I cut back my housing? I'm on, let's say I'm paying rent. I'm stuck in a contract for the next six to 12 months. Um, At the end of that period, let's say this is suddenly you're out of your budget. Can you look to cut 10%? Because that is a big saving every single month. That could be hundreds of pounds in some circumstances. Um, Whereas maybe let's say cutting back a Starbucks that you have once a week, once every other week might be, okay, a good way to save money. But on the other hand, that might cause you such enjoyment and such happiness in your life when you go out and meet your friends for that weekly coffee um, that you kind of look at what are the big movers rather than the small movers. Now, again, this is this is personal to every single person. And I think the third thing I wanna say as a practical tip when it comes to budgeting is don't avoid it because of kind of the fear of knowing what's gonna happen on the other side. So I think that one of the biggest things that stopped me from budgeting in the first place was kind of, um, I'm trying to think of the right word for it, but like actually seeing what I'd spent because I was a bit scared to know about all that money that had left and having it written down made it real all of a sudden. Oh my God, I've actually spent this much on average for the past three months. But one thing that it did do quite automatically, and I'm not actually quite sure how this happened, but was once I'd known what I was spending for the past three months, that next month dropped dramatically. Now I can't tell if I was all of a sudden being like, I know what I'm, I'm gonna be looking at this one month down the line. I'm gonna be like judging myself, let's say. So I'm gonna try and cut back. I'm not sure what it was, or perhaps there were some subscriptions or some like recurring payments in there that I completely had forgotten about. But being able to kind of, let's say, rip the Band-Aid off and kind of revealing my spending to myself was a difficult kind of barrier to get past, but I think a really important one. Um, So hopefully I've added to a few of the tips uh, that you guys have shared, some really practical guidance to everyone listening, um, and hopefully plenty to take away. Off the back of that lengthy spiel from me about budgeting tips, Devamsha, I wanna ask you about quite a hot topic at the moment, uh, budgeting apps. We've spoken about them briefly already and they seem to be a really hot topic. In fact, it seems that every week a new budgeting app is coming out. So when it comes to your experience, do you find budgeting apps useful or do you prefer the manual side of things? So I am a self-proclaimed Virgo and this means I love spreadsheets. I have said this before (laughs) already. I love spreadsheets. I love tracking things. I love data analysis and seeing all the stuff that I'm doing. Obviously, I've built myself up to this level, but I do like the use of budgeting apps to do the hard like labor work for me. So I like my apps to add up all my um, all my spending and categorize them. And then I can kind of just plug that into my manual spreadsheet that I've got. So for me, it serves that purpose of making the day that I go through my budget just an easy day. It's an easy process. It takes me 15 minutes. I've worked up to this stage, obviously, now. <laughs> Um, it did not used to take me this little amount of time. 
um, and it keeps me consistent. And that's the important part. I found like this little, um, this toolkit almost that keeps me consistent with my budget. Um, so that's what I would kind of say to our listeners, play around with all of them because there are so many. And that's actually quite a nice thing because there's gonna be one for you. Mm-hmm because of all the different different functionalities and stuff that they offer and combine them mix and match them you don't have to stick with one thing forever that's also a really important thing i used to think that i was a bad budgeter because i kept changing my method every year or so um so i would say there's no right or wrong way to do it there's no right or wrong tool to use but definitely play around with them see what sticks kind of let it help you get into budgeting and be consistent with it And I think to add to that, don't get overwhelmed by the number that there are out there. Because I remember recently typing in top budgeting apps to Google for the UK. And it was like a list of 15. And I'm like, those aren't the top ones. Those are all of them. They're not. There's like more than that. But just pick one and start there. They they mostly have a lot of the same functionality. um, And it's all about just getting your information shown to you in some way, shape or form. So I think that that's a key way. And I like what you said about that if it's not fully for you, you can mix and match. Like you said, take it offline, take it online, use it for what it's worth, but then also take back. And I think it's also worth saying that none of these apps are going to fully, fully, fully automate everything for you. You're going to still have to go in and do a little bit of manual labor, as horrible as that sounds in the day and age where we want everything given to us, (laughs) you know, on our doorstep. So that's just something to, to take note of before you dive into any of these apps. Lee, um, Kaba, could I ask you what kind of resources they might have available to help people with budgeting? Yes, certainly. So we've got a wealth of online information, guidance and sort of overviews. So if you look at the Budgeting 101 page, we've got other models as well, such as reverse budgeting, etc. There, we've got things as well which complement and are intrinsically linked with budgeting. So things like welfare benefits checks on our website. But yeah, do please have a good look around. Um, obviously, again, you might help some people, it might help others, but we're always here as well to flesh that out and give one-to-one advice and support should you need it. So plenty of resources, guys. Don't be afraid. Jump straight in and find what works best for you. Mm-hmm.